Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. O'Neal the rebound. Kevin Alley brings it up. Throws it across. Miller for three. Over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, nine rebounds, six oh. assists. Oh, 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 oh the chicken! Double time! Miles Turner! Yeah! Welcome to the NBA, my friend! Turner sets the screen. Oh, Whoa. Deep. oh, 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 oh no! Right Don't let him throw it down like that! Victor, on the deep Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod Podcast. All right, Born Ready to Pod listeners, today we have with us Jason McIntyre from Fox Sports 1 and the creator of The Big Lead. Um, we've been after him for a few days now. I think every tweet that he's had, we've you know we've responded with something just to bother him. Is that fair, Jason? Yeah, totally fair. <laughs> and within, within, within reason as well. Yeah, I, we, we try. We try very hard to stay within reason. We know there's some crazies out there, but... Uh, the main reason we have you on, we, we've kind of been on, uh, we sent you the link on the uh, Paul George, you know, you, you kind of said maybe all-time bad trade. So our first question, number one, is how dare you? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so on July 1st, 2017, you wrote, you wrote an article titled, The Pacers Trading Paul George for Nothing May Go Down as an All-Time Bad NBA Trade. So... Yeah. How has that maybe changed for you? I'm, I'm assuming that's probably changed a little bit given the fact that he stayed with OKC. <laughs> no doubt about it. Oh, so let's back up. So the trade went down, what, like June, late June 2017, right? Yeah. I think that's fair, uh, yeah. So Oladipo had played that season for the Thunder, and they lost in the first round to the Rockets. I'm about to tell you Oladipo's stats in that series. Are you ready? Yes. He shot. This is a guy who was a number two overall pick. He shot 34% from the field in that playoff series, shot 24% from three, and he did basically nothing. He was an afterthought. He was not even getting crunch time minutes. If you remember, that was the season Westbrook first averaged a triple-double, and everybody said, well, he has no help. He, of course he's, they're not going to win anything. He has no help. So when the Pacers traded for Oladipo, they were getting a guy – who, I mean, had just averaged 10 points per game in a playoff series. And he did not look like, I think you would agree, both of them, right? I mean, he did not look like an NBA star. He did not look like a guy who was worth his four-year, $84 million contract, right? I, I think we would agree on that, right? Yeah, I think that's fair at the time on Oladipo, for sure. But, oh, oh, and also at the time, Paul George was in high demand. Uh, you remember the Atlanta Hawks allegedly, depending on you know who you read, whether it's Lindhorst, Woj, Zach Lowe, whoever's out there. The Hawks allegedly offered four first-round picks, uh, no lottery picks for Paul George. The Celtics allegedly offered like some combination of Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, first-round pick, and said no. 
And uh, I think the Lakers were offering Julius Randle, Clarkson, and one or two first-round picks. Pacers also said no. So at the time, it was like, what are the Pacers doing? They're going to get Victor Oladipo over some of those guys who are, at the time, better than Oladipo. But I guess what I didn't accurately calculate, as well as many others, I'm sure, was that Oladipo still had star quality. Like, I liked him coming out of Indiana, but, uh, you know, he struggled mightily in his first few years in the league, traded several times, didn't look like he got it, and um, he clearly found out uh, whatever he was missing in the NBA in Indiana, and it turned into a dominant player. Right, and I think, I, you know, watching those games, and obviously when you're watching the Thunder that year, you're just watching Russell Westbrook, and that was the thing. Like, okay, he doesn't have Durant. He's going to ball out. Um, I just thought, you know, especially with Sabonis, they were just, they were using him completely the wrong way. They were they were making Sabonis stand out at the three-point line for all intent and purposes. I mean, he was shooting threes. I mean, I know we, we played FanDuel all the time. We'd play Sabonis because he'd play 30 minutes, but he would just be a three-point shooter. So I feel like the Pacers kind of seen that. And obviously Sabonis, I, I'm not going to call him a dominant big, obviously, but he, he's up for six man of the year. And I just think maybe the Pacers kind of, seen what was happening in Oklahoma City, and Oladipo's got to have the ball in his hand. I mean, he's not a spot-up guy, and obviously in OKC, Russell Westbrook had the ball in his hands damn near every play. You know what I'm saying? And and so I yeah. almost feel like the Pacers kind of seen the way they were used, and maybe, obviously, and they were correct, they thought they could use them a little bit better. And I know at the time, um, I was a little upset we didn't get any draft picks, but obviously uh, where we are now... Um, with Oladipo now has a pretty manageable contract for a guy with some star power. So I think we're all just very happy the trade went through. And did you see it working out this well for the Pacers? Because, I mean, now I, I would say that we at least have a shot to make some noise in the East. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I think it's safe to say that the deal did work out. It's funny how the NBA works, right? At the time, his contract looked awful. Four years, 84 mil, and now he kind of looks like a bargain. Given guys like John Wall are getting paid, about to get paid much higher than him. Uh, I, I do wonder, though. Like, everybody was excited. They pushed the Cavs to seven. Are they going to win a playoff series this year? When you look at the top four in the East, are they going to win a playoff series? I honestly, I truly believe they could, and here's why. We're 8-4 and four now without Victor Oladipo, who is one of, I mean, he's our best player, and I know, I mean, I think he's one of the better players in the East. Uh, you came out with a list, I think, in the summertime. You didn't have him on the list once LeBron left, but I, I think he's probably one of the best uh, five or six players in the East. Do you agree with that? Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to have to call up the East standings here real quick. Yep. So, obviously, I can do Giannis. Right? Uh, absolutely. Uh, no <laughs> doubt. Um, I think Kawhi Leonard is better than Victor Oladipo. That's safe, so two. Yep. Um, I'm going to close. I like Embiid. I don't love him. Right. Uh, I, I actually like Ben Simmons more. I, I think Jimmy Butler is better than Victor Oladipo. I'm sure a lot of people would push back on that. Where are you on that? Uh, I I would personally rather have Oladipo just because I know what I'm getting out of him. Uh, as a basketball coach myself, I think you know Butler's had some problems everywhere he's gone, and now already Embiid's kind of pushing back. Just a couple days ago, he said he didn't like the role in the offense, and that obviously changed yep. when Butler came in. So I would personally rather have Oladipo, but I could see where Jimmy Butler would be a very desirable piece. Kemba Walker, um, when you look at his contract, he is a 
steal right now. Yeah. Um, he looks like an all NBA player this year. You know, so yeah, I guess Oladipo could have a strong case to be top six in the East. Uh, but Griffin looks good this year, but I would have rather have Oladipo. Nobody on the Heat, nobody on the Nets, nobody on the Knicks, nobody on the Hawks, nobody on the Cavs. Zach Levine is interesting. Um, I don't think he defends as well as Oladipo, so I'd give the lean to Oladipo. And then the Celtics, um, you know, I'm bullish on Gordon Hayward at this moment. I would say he's not better than Oladipo, but if you give me three more months of Hayward getting back into NBA, you know, playing shape, I would probably take Hayward. Obviously, I take Kyrie. I know a lot of people might disagree because he doesn't play very good defense. Um, Tatum. You know, three years from now, that Tatum right now, I would lean to Oladipo. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, I would say Oladipo is a top six, seven player in the East. Okay, I think, sure. and I think that's fair. I think everybody. I mean, if you're a sane person, you're going to have Kawhi Leonard. You're going to have Giannis. And I think you would probably, most people would probably say Embiid, maybe Ben, maybe Ben Simmons and Kyrie. So yeah, I mean, I have him in that five six range. I personally would rather have him over, you know, a Blake Griffin. I it, my problem with Kimba is kind of the same problem I have with some other guys. They've just never. They've been the best player on their team, but they don't win. They don't get to the playoffs, and they don't make any noise. It's kind of like I just have a hard time putting Kim in the same discussion as Oladipo, and I guess Oladipo's only done it once. But, um, but yeah, I definitely think he's one of the best five players in the East, five or six. So that's kind of where we're at with that. But if you had to go back in time, let's say time travel was invented, let's say tomorrow, and you got to go back in time and recraft the trade tweet, tweets, you'd be the only guy on the other side saying how great of a, a trade this was for Indiana. What would your tweets say? How how much no. love would you give to Indiana? Because um, I, you, I, I'm an irrationally big fan of Paul George. I, I really like him a lot. Honestly, I think right now he's been the MVP of the Thunder this year. I think he's better than Westbrook. I mean, this season he's playing much better. They're better running through Paul George than they are Westbrook. Um, so it would be tough for me to say Indiana stole the trade again. Like, guys, can they win a playoff series? You know, it would be nice. Like, obviously, they got a good trade out of it. They didn't get any draft picks. You know, I like Sabonis. I, I just think this is just two, two years from now. Like, you want to go back. What, what about two years from now? Spin this forward. Are they getting uh, a marquee free agent? Uh, we Probably hope. not. Okay? We hope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are, are they in the mix? Aware of like I, I'm I'm here looking at their cap situation. It is friendly, right? Uh, Boyan, uh, Collinson, all these guys are done after this year. The only guys they're locked into are Turner, Oladipo, and uh, you know Sabonis. I guess we haven't seen a lot of Ryan Leaf. I, I don't like Doug McDermott's contract. I know that's um, you know not something you could say in the heartland. But uh, <laughs> I mean they got they got cap room. But what, what are they what are they doing with it? Are they going to get Kemba Walker? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to get Kimba. I, I do have a problem that when Victor's at his best with the ball in his hand, I mean, he just right. is. So, and so, they're not getting, I mean, is Tobias Harris going to be in play? Are they going to overpay for him because of a good season with, uh, you know, with the, with the Clippers in the contact year? 
I can see, I mean, Tobias Harris is a guy we've talked about a little bit. He can kind of stretch the floor, but at the same time, if, if we're, I mean, obviously we just gave Miles Turner that extension. Miles is best in the offensive side of the court at 15 feet where guys like Rudy Gobert aren't going to come out on him, and we've seen that. So I kind of, I don't think that really makes a lot of sense. I almost think you need a banger in there at the power forward position if you're going to, you know, really get Miles's talent you know, to maximize that talent, basically. So I, I think the, the thing we're, we're going to be able to do is maybe not the higher end of the market, but like Tyreek Evans on a one-year deal, he hasn't exactly worked out. But guys like that where they're kind of mid-tier players and just keep building around those young guys and trying to progress them skill-wise, I think that's probably our best bet. Is that fair? No, no, that's, that's, that's fair. I, I just, you know, it's a tough spot mid if you will, in, in the NBA like. Making that leap from, yeah, 40 to 48 wins is nice to conference finals. You know, that's the tough, that's the major challenge. And I think Milwaukee's going to face that soon. Because as much as everybody loves Giannis, how many, uh, how many playoff series does he want? Uh, done. Took, <laughs> took the Celtics go. to seven. I, you know, like, at some point, they got a great four. He's going to go. You know, seen it with Anthony Davis. They, they even won it around last year in the West. Now they don't look like a playoff team. And I don't think he's signing anything in the offseason. Yeah, uh, we'll move on from Pacers talk for now. And the NBA season is full of storylines every year. Um, what are some that have stuck out you to you thus far? Um, I, where do you want to start? East, West? Uh, Let's start in the East. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess obviously I would say that I'm I'm fairly surprised that the Celtics have been buttering. Uh, I thought they were a 65-win team, maybe a ceiling of 70 with the talent. I mean, they got such incredible depth. It's taken them a while to figure it out. Hayward has taken longer than I thought. But if you look at the point differential, uh, I think they have the third-best one in the NBA. Like, it's start, they're starting to blow teams out. Um, I guess I will say I'm mildly surprised uh, that the Bucks have been so hot. I didn't think they would be jacking this many threes. I mean, it's happened quick. Um, and, and, and they're playing better than I thought. Um, I guess those would be my big surprises. Uh, mild surprise that the Wizards are a dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I thought, if anything, Dwight Howard would rep that team, and he hasn't even been at the center of it. Uh, Orlando, I, you know, eventually the bottom's going to fall out there. We know that. But uh, they're, they're the number eight spot. And listen, Miami don't look good. The Wizards are a mess. Brooklyn's not there yet. They got the injuries. Um, so I guess that would kind of be my takeaway, but I, I, I actually think we're headed toward uh, probably the Celtics getting back to the finals for the first time in a while. I, I'm just not 100% buying the Raptors in a playoff series. I'll ask you guys it. Yeah. I, I who's, got the best play, who's the second best player on the Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Celtics? Because we know who, you know, three of the top five guys are in that team. Probably maybe Siakam now. I know. I mean, I think Siakam's played really well. Uh, he, he's he's shown a lot of potential, and I, I read some of the stuff on his when he was when he was drafted. I mean, he I mean his scouting report was kind of the exact opposite of the way he plays now. So I mean, he's stepping up. Lowry's kind of been terrible the past couple of games. He hasn't been scoring. I think that's going to be a major problem. I think if you know if I had to put money on it, I definitely have Celtics over the Raptors now. I mean. Kawhi's probably the best player in the series, and then I think the next four pretty easily. I mean, you got Kyrie. I, I think I'd rather have Jason Tatum, like you said, Gordon Horford. Hayward. I mean, in Horford, probably before anybody else on the Raptors. So, yeah, I think yeah. the edge would definitely be on um, the Celtics. 
I, I love, you guys know, I know I said I love Jimmy Butler. I like Ben Simmons. I just don't know how that team is going to work out in the playoffs with Joel Embiid not getting the ball. And I would run through Butler, too. I think he's an overall better player, great defender, um, heartbeat of the team. You know, I mean, Joel Embiid was unplayable against the Celtics defensively last year. Al Horford ate his lunch. Yeah. It was ugly. He was gassed. Um, yeah, I, I love Ben Simmons. I, I think in his heart he wants to be in L.A. I know people don't want to buy that, but we'll see. Well, I, I, that's one thing for me to monitor in the next couple of years, Ben Simmons. Um, and then I guess that, that's pretty much the takeaways in the East. Did I miss anything? No, I mean, I think I think all I mean, like I just can't believe the Wizards are so bad. I mean, if you if you look, they're eleven and sixteen. I mean, they're. I mean, when the when the Magic are ahead of you in the standings, it's it's not going well. And, and they were just paying so much money to John Wall. They got Bradley Beal. They're now they're trying to unload Otto Porter. I mean, I just don't see how they can stay relevant and be competitive. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see like stories coming out about how terrible their practices are, like kind of like the Bulls, what's happening in Chicago right now. So I just can't believe it's that bad. Yeah, Bulls are, uh, I guess they want Zion Williams to back them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, I don't blame them. <laughs> All right, what about the West? Um, you know, I, I, everybody's shocked at the Rockets. Listen, man, I, I guys, I was like, in the offseason, I hosted the Herd one day with Chris Broussard, and we were ranking our team, you know, top eight, and I had the Rockets, like, fifth, and his head exploded on national television, and he was just freaking out on me. Oh, the Rockets will be better than that. I said no Spurs in the playoffs, um, and, and right now the Spurs, they don't play any defense at all. It's all funny. People were like, oh, Danny Green, not a big loss, you know, except for the fact that he's a great defender. I mean, if you look at the real plus-minus, Defense, he was like one of the best at his position. Obviously, Kawhi is a huge loss. They just they, they don't have any three point shooting. They don't play any defense. It's ugly uh, for the Spurs and the Rockets. I think they'll figure it out and get in the playoffs. But right now, man, oof, oof. they're bad. They and the Suns. You know the stuff I'm hearing about the Suns internally is just a nightmare. It's a lot of young players, no leadership whatsoever. There's another Chicago Bulls situation yeah. that seems to be percolating. They want Zion worse than Chicago does, <laughs> apparently. I, I just yeah. – I, and I don't get it, and that's why everyone – I mean, I love Booker. I, I think they got some pieces, and I, I really like Trevor Reese deal for him. I thought he gave them some stability in the locker room, but then you trade Tyson Chandler, and I get you're trying to let him win, but at the same time, there's just – it just doesn't seem like there's very much structure in that in that locker room, period. Yeah, they, they, I think they knew, everybody knew that several releases there just to get paid, and then by the All-Star break, it would be dealt. You know, right. it was one of those, I'm going to go get mine, because, uh, you know, I'm on a discount, the Rockets aren't going to pay me. So, you know, the Rockets, uh, you know, they didn't pay him, and the Suns got a, what they thought was veteran leadership, but Ariza was never the alpha. You know, he was a veteran who right. was one of Chris Paul's guys. So, he, he wasn't speaking up and being a leader. He's like a quiet, you know, kind of, Blue guy who's going to do all the intangible stuff. He was never like a leader, so there is no leadership on that team. Hell, the, the Sacramento Kings look like they're further along than the Suns right now. I know it is truly pathetic. But one thing I, I know you're passionate about uh, some some of the things going on with LeBron right now. You picked uh, Luke Walton to win Coach of the Year. Um, obviously, LeBron is still probably the best player in the NBA, but this KD quote's got me going a little bit. So uh, he had the quote about Jordan, Kobe, and Kyrie being above all the rest. So why is he trying to throw so much shade at LeBron? I, I don't understand okay. it. <laughs> it's funny. So, um, maybe like a year and a half ago, I went on uh, FS1 and I was on Wikipedia, 
during the NBA Finals. Kevin Durant is the best player on the planet. He's better than LeBron. And everybody tells me, no, no, well, Durant murders LeBron in the Finals, head-to-head. Go look at the fourth-quarter numbers. It was all Durant. And he got the MVP. And then the next year happened in the Finals. And what happened again? Kevin Durant was the MVP of the Finals. He was phenomenal, just a lights-out better head-to-head than LeBron. And while this year, people are saying, well, McIntyre, maybe you were right. Maybe Durant is the best. And Kevin Durant looks great. And now, all of a sudden, Kevin Durant's throwing shade at LeBron. Let, let me just ask you this. What do you think that's about? Not something that's not quotes, but why would Kevin Durant do that now? Well, I think... In, I, you know, in early December. Why, is he, why would he allegedly... Oh, shit, well, it's kind of there's a couple things. One, I think people have tried to link him to LA, but that Christmas game coming up would be it's gonna be it's gonna get eyes now, right? Well, I, I mean, I think it was gonna probably get eyes before this. So I once I started, you know, going on TV and saying Durant was the best player in the NBA, he saw it, you know, and I tagged him on Instagram, and he we started a dialogue. Oh, okay. And so uh, within the last couple weeks since the Draymond incident, he's been silent. And I asked him this week, I said, huh, let's see, KD, so you just went on Bill Simmons' podcast, you just talked to the guy from Boston, you did a sit-down with Shams at, at, uh, I don't even know where he's at now, but whatever whatever his outlet is, and uh, you you talked to Rick Buecher, a Bleacher Report, let's see, Kevin Durant did Four interviews in what, like a two, three-week span? Did you guys notice that? Yeah, I did actually, and okay, craziness. So, so I asked him, I said, well, that certainly is interesting, isn't it? He's like, well, what's interesting about it? And I said, well, one of two things has to be at play, right? You know, guess who's coming back from his time away from the team, Draymond Green. Right. So instead of the spotlight being, oh, Ooh. how's that locker room going to be? Draymond's back. Are they going to be able to coexist? Oh, Steph Curry's back. And Steph Curry, play the middleman. That would have been the narrative. Nobody's talking about Draymond Green's return. I Nobody. Love it. It's all about Kevin Durant said whatever he said about stats, about LeBron, blah, blah, blah. Nobody's talking about the return of Draymond to the locker room. It was a pretty master stroke, was it not? It was. It's beautiful that you even thought of it. That's what a beautiful mind does. No, no, nobody's talking about Draymond Green's back. This is the guy who MF'd his teammate in the huddle. Nobody's talking about it. That's pretty smart from Kevin Durant. Right. Well, we're going to transition just a little bit. I know we talked about how much time you had, so I would be absolutely remiss if I didn't bring this up, though, because I am a huge Cleveland Browns fan. And oh, yeah. So, 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 and, I, and you've been tweeting some positive things about Bay, and I love it, and I know. But the Colin Cowherd, when he got that win – against the Jets, and you went on and you mentioned that he had his cell phone. Were you playing up the Colin Cowherd's hatred of Baker a little bit, or did you really think it was weird? I mean, I get it. It was kind of weird he had his cell phone, but when he kind of explained that his family wasn't there, were you kind of playing up the Cowherd? Because Cowherd obviously is not going to say very many positive things about Baker. No, no, not at all. I would, I would, never, I would never play it. So let's back up a little. Okay. Yep. To uh, it looks like April. Okay. Sports Illustrated had an uh, a, a big piece on Baker Mayfield. At least I think this is it. Right. And he went into a long story about social media and how he's always on it, and 
he notices when people say things that aren't positive about him. And he favorites tweets. And he uses it as inspiration mm-hmm. uh, to show back at the haters. Or what, you know what the phrase is. You know, mm-hmm. uh, basically he collects anything somebody says on social media. So he, he uses it to drive him to be a better player. And on some level I get that. You know, like a bunch of jabronis will come after me on social media. I, you know, whatever. I ignore it. I, I don't need it as fuel. Um, but Baker said that way back in April. Essentially, not the word upset, but that he is all about social media. And he's on it a lot. And it clearly impacts it. Right. It does. Because he uses it as a driving force. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But after he beat the Jets, and again, I know we're in a generation of players who have come out. Uh, come up through high school and college with a phone attached to their hand. That wasn't my generation. Uh, that's the current one. Right. And I saw the guy on TV. First thing he had was his phone. And I was a bit surprised. Caught a little caught off guard. And I was like, wow. I wonder if he's going to social media to see what people were saying about his comeback victory against the Jets. And I don't know. I, I said, I'm not a quarterback. haven't been one. I found that I think that's all I said. I didn't go after him for it, did I? No, it it, it was never going to be you that went after him. But when you said that, obviously Cowherd was like, what? I mean, he did his, you know how he changes the voice. I mean, and it's it's crazy what he did. But, I mean, I, I just feel like he's always looking at something to kind of nitpick about Baker Mayfield. And, and, and it happens, but obviously he's re-energized the franchise. I mean, it's 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 crazy to watch this team now compared to where they were last year. He's been tremendous. Now, listen, uh, just to go back, this wasn't a knock. He he took it as a perceived knock that he, you know, he was looking at his phone on social media or whatever. Now, he apparently said he wasn't even on social media. I don't know. I just go back to the days of, like, you know, I you win something, you're celebrating with your team. And, again, maybe that's just the new generation doesn't do that. The first thing they want to go is shout about it on social media. And that's fine. That's right. uh, all good. But for, I, was, I was surprised that he was going on podcasts and bashing about it. Oh, my brother can't stand that guy and blocked him on social, whatever, all this stuff. Right. I just, I found that odd that like, I mean, you know, Pat Mahomes is going to be the MVP of the league or he's a leader right now. Do you think he's even thinking about what people are saying about him on social media? Well, if, like in if, any interview he does, do you think that, if, or Drew Brees or Tom Brady, any of these, I'm just surprised at how much it can impact the guy. Frankly, I don't think that's good because let the good times roll now. There are going to not be good times. Right. Is the social media going to get to you when things turn out? And again, I'm just you know, looking ahead. That, that would concern me a little bit. But uh, I, I mean, I, he's a really talented quarterback. Well, Pat, Pat Mahomes, if he's, like, I mean, if he's looking at Twitter, I mean, he's going to feel really self-conscious about that voice. I mean, let's be honest. He is, gonna, he is not going to want to talk to the media because that voice is just a little bit off. Do you agree? What happened, what happened to his voice? Have you, I mean, his voice. I mean, it's it's it doesn't sound like what you would think coming out of Pat Mahomes. I mean, I, I mean, it it's sounds like a monster. Yeah, it's just crazy. You haven't noticed that? I don't think I know his voice. Is it, is it bad? Does it sound bad? It's different. You'll have to look that up. Yeah, you're, yeah. I don't want to. It's okay. it we can't sounds, spoil that for you. It's kind of it's kind of like, like Evan Turner. Yeah, it's kind of like the Evan Turner voice a little bit. If you know what he sounds like. I don't want to say alienish, okay. but I'll, I'll say alienish. I'll look out. 
All right, so I got to ask you about this because it was discussed today on uh, Undisputed and Skip Bayless had tweeted about it, and everybody knows he's a Homer Cowboys fan. <laughs> the rest of us here, we're Homer Colts fans, so we obviously know what our answer is to this question. So we're going to ask you, uh, Andrew Luck versus Dak Prescott. He said that he would take Dak in a heartbeat, had a couple oh, of... Wait, who said that? Skip? Skip said that. Skip! He tweeted it oh, and he talked about it on the show today, so... I want to hear your opinions. Who would you take? You know, you Super Bowl game, you need one of these guys, Luck or Dak Prescott, who you got? <laughs> Come on. Really? That's an absurd question. No. Yeah, I, I, hopefully I'll see Skip when I go in tomorrow. And um, no, there's just... <laughs> so you, you spent Andrew a lot of... Luck or Dak Prescott? Yeah, it's it. It kind of made my ears bleed too. But he, he, listen, this is what he tweeted. This is this was just a tweet. We'll just read it real quick. I right now, if you made me choose, I take Dak Prescott over Andrew Luck on leadership, mental slash physical toughness, and big playmaking. He then he then doubles down and says Dak Prescott has played forty six straight NFL games. He's much more durable than Andrew Luck. I don't trust Luck's health going forward. Oh my goodness! Now you're gonna make me go look for this tweet. Well, I think. Oh. It, yeah. So you spend a lot of time around Skip. How much of his stuff is does he actually mean? Does it, can you tell when he's trying to lead it on, or is it all 100 no, no, no. serious? He's, he's real deal. I mean, he, will, he, he believes this stuff. I, and that's one thing you see on social media. There's no way X and X believes that. Again, I don't talk to Skip every day. I probably probably chat with him, you know, every other week when I see him, or yeah. he's very friendly. And he backs up everything. Like, like we all do. We say stuff that you might disagree with, but yeah, I, uh, I, I mean, I, I guess this is he's he's a big Dak guy. I'm telling you, I would totally disagree with him on this. I mean, this this five game winning streak is some kind of fool's gold. I'm all over the Colts this weekend. I mean, look at the teams that they beat during this winning streak. No teams in the top fifteen if you go by the advanced stats. Just the Saints. That's it. And I and the Colts are definitely a top fifteen team. Um, we don't know if Zach Martin's playing this week for the Cowboys. Like, I, I, I think there's a great spot for the Colts. I'm, I'm totally out on that. Like, I like him, but I'm not paying him top dollar or even here. Yeah, I think Amari Cooper really opened up their offense, but otherwise... Yeah, I mean, and are they going to even be able to keep him? Yeah, I mean, I, they can't uh, franchise tag uh, Zeke in a couple years and Demarcus Lawrence and Cooper and, and Dak. Like, there's just no way. They've got too many young guys they got to pay in the next two years. Yeah, and that's the thing. They came out. Uh, I can't remember who came out with the tweet, but they were they were showing like the top six or seven uh, highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL, and only like one or two of them were even had the, even had a chance to make the playoffs. It seems like the the window is is closing on teams when they have to pay those quarterbacks. And Dak Prescott, I I think we all agree that at best he's probably a middle of the road NFL quarterback, and he's going to get paid a high dollar amount and then you can't really build around him and he's a guy that really needs playmakers around him if he especially in the passing game if he's going to reach his potential yeah he i mean like he's no winner like russell wilson like no that guy has i mean he has a bunch of nobody i mean Doug baldwin's a good player and they're not expensive high round draft picks amari cooper is going to want like some kind of ridiculous odell beckham one, you know yep so we're we're just we're just spitballing here now as as we wind down. So sounds like you, you like the Colts over the Cowboys this week. Is that fair? Yeah. A little maybe uh, maybe a little shout out on Friday on Monday's headlines today. What do you think for the uh, Born Ready to Pod <laughs> podcast? What do you think? Uh, shout out for what? 
whatever. I mean, if you just if you just want to just randomly blurt I, I, out, I, maybe I'll mention if the if Baker's a topic. Maybe I'll mention you guys think he's a Baker hater. Oh, I, I mean, I like I, any I, way we can get a mention. Yeah, and and he can't complain because I've I've bought all of his books. So Cowherd, I've I've been I've got a his autograph before the book signing. So I I feel like he owes me a little. I, I just feel so slighted by the back Baker talk. So if you could slide us in there, that would be that would be beautiful. I would appreciate that a lot. <laughs> and, I'll see what I can do, guys. And Thanks. then uh, this is this is a little creepy, and I didn't write this question, so I, I'm going to be pretty honest here. But if we send a Jason McIntyre headshot to your headquarters, uh, think you could maybe uh, sign up for us so we could put it in our studio? What, what do you think of that? <laughs> uh, so where are you guys getting the picture from? Well, we're going to fu- – I mean – We'll find your best we're picture. Gonna, we're going to find your best picture. Trust me. We'll find the best one. Big old smile. Wait, where are you guys? Are you guys in school or no? Oh, no. I'm, I'm a teacher and coach. Uh, these guys, oh. they got they got some – the farmer. We got a financial advisor. It's beautiful. I mean, we just, we're just we just a mix of everything you could want in the uh, middle of the heartland. I love it, dude. That That's good stuff. All right, guys. Well, hey, uh, thanks for having me. It, it, it's fun, uh, and uh, I'm definitely going to get sent it to my old neighbor who's a big Pacers fan. All right, awesome. Well, All right, thank lot. you so much, and uh, we'll, we'll lay off you on Twitter for a little bit, but uh, we'll help to have you on again sometime, Jason. We, we loved it. All right, man. All right. Thanks a lot. See you, buddy. All righty, folks, that wraps up our interview with the man himself, Jason McIntyre, a.k.a. the Mac Attack is what I've been referring to him as. He's probably been called that before at some point in his life. Absolutely. I don't think, Absolutely not. We made that nickname. I don't think any of his colleagues have called him that, uh, but really appreciate him coming on. Definitely our biggest guest that we've had so far, I would say. Uh, he's on Fox Sports 1 if you haven't seen him before. He also created The Big Lead, which is a blogging website. So uh, really appreciate, Jason, you coming on the podcast. So, guys, what were some of your biggest takeaways? We talked with Jason about, you know, talked a little Pacers there, gave him some crap about that trade, although a lot of people, you know, gave the Pacers crap about that trade. So it was kind of fair. And uh, talking about the East, the West, and some NFL. So what did you guys think about some of the things that Jason had to say to us today? He's definitely a, a professional sports talker. He knew he kind of hit all the basics, kind of threw out a couple lukewarm takes. You know, he, he just he kind of just hit the nail on the head of what I think a sports guy is like. And uh, he didn't big time us. We had a fear that he wasn't going to call us. He called us a little early, and, you know, we got after it, and he was, he was all about the interview. Yeah, so, I mean, I had a little beef with Jason McIntyre. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I had a beef with him before this, but – and the beef wasn't anything – Logical to say. I mean, he said something about the Victor Oladipo trade, um, and and we kind of asked him about it. And I mean, he had some good points to that. No one thought Oladipo would be as good as he was, but my point was he's a he's a former second overall pick, and then clearly the Thunder were not using Sabonis correctly. I mean, he's standing out shooting threes. We know that's not his strong suit. So, I, I would prefer to think of it as the Pacers really just made the most of the trade. And then I had to go at him just a little bit. Uh, for his his Baker, I I, I still I kind of feel like he brought up the Baker Mayfield cell phone thing uh, to Cowherd just because Cowherd is just so anti Baker ratings yeah ratings and he he said he didn't but you know uh, he's he's been very pro Baker since that point and he's tweeted some awesome stuff about him so and he answered every question I think truthfully and even laughed uh, laughed off Skip Bayless's take Andrew Luck over Dak I'm not an Andrew Luck fan per se. 
But my God, it's not even close. I mean, my, I'm serious. Like, it's not even remotely close. It's so really I thought he was awesome. I thought the best thing he came up with that nobody thought about was the whole Durant releasing those stories and getting the attention away from him and Draymond Green. Because, I mean, I even forgot about that scuffle. Yeah, that's that's definitely a good point. That's... Like, Draymond came back the other night, and I didn't even think about that. That's when what he that came James back. Madison education will get you. It's yeah. Smart, smart thinking brain like that. I know. He, and he... I mean, he's an insider. I mean, he's one of those guys that he's going to get more popular. I, I think uh, he's very smart. Uh, he's he's quick to have uh, quick quips with people, and he, he's willing to argue. But um, with us, he was nothing but kind. Uh, and we've been bothering him for the better part of two weeks now and just creating gifts. Yeah, some and awesome just, just and... because you came on the podcast, McIntyre, and you were nice to us, the tweets are still going to come. <laughs> we're mean, still, still going to bring the tweets. Room. We're still going to keep Who's that. Who's our next target? we got to figure out a guy we can just badger until he just... Right now it's Skip Bayless. I want to get blocked by Skip Bayless. <laughs> and that brings up, because I was going to bring it up, because we didn't talk about it last show, was Dan Dockich yeah. getting There's blocked like... by him. We were working on it there for a while, and finally he just had enough, and he gave us the block on a picture that I sent to him of his, you know, the sources, sources everywhere where he was on Buzz Lightyear. I cropped his face on there, and within seconds... I was blocked, or we were blocked by Dan Dockich on Twitter. And I know McIntyre actually did an interview with McIntyre, or excuse me, with Dockich a few years ago. So that's kind of one thing I do want to ask him about is his thoughts on, you know, the Dockich. I mean, now that we're blocked by Dockich, I feel like we're we're in rarefied air. Not really rarefied, but I mean, it's like a community now. Like, it's a badge of honor to yeah. be blocked by him. We, we tried... Uh, a very long time for this to happen. And a lot so of people, proud. they say, oh, nice, welcome to the club. So it's a big thing on Twitter to get blocked by Dogish. I would love to just have access to his Twitter one day just to go through that list. Can you imagine the number of people he has blocked on Twitter? Yeah, and I think it'd be I think it'd be really cool because there's so many people that dislike him. I think we just dive into our the contacts in this community now that we're in. And we're in a whole new world. We're, right? yeah, I mean, it's safe to say Dogish is the Skip Bayless of Indiana. Yes, and I will say that he has the most ratings, so that's the one thing that's like, it's like whatever he says, people are gonna latch onto and use the gospel, and it's it's annoying as hell. When when you're on board with Dockage, when you when you think the same way as he does, there's no one you want to rally behind like it because they'll let anyone have it. So I, I don't hate Dockage, but I definitely loved being blocked by Dockage. If that makes sense. I love how much I hate Dockage. Yeah, that's and a good then one to and and that's that's what it is. And I don't really hate him. I mean, I don't have a hate in my heart, but just like some of those takes are just like, dude, you really don't think that. Like, come on, you're kind of looking at him out of the corner of your eye. Like, you really don't feel this way. He's trying to be confrontational. It, like when he said Carson Wentz over Andrew Luck. Like, okay, but at the same time, they're kind of both coming off injuries. So like, what? One's got a shoulder injury. One's got a knee injury. And he's playing it up like Luck's terrible. I mean, he's just pandering to the crowd and he's just trying to like get those guys against him and it worked and he's he's a genius for so yeah shout out if you do get blocked by dockage send us a screenshot we'll retweet it is gotta your, keep it going we'll is the, the beef with mcintyre officially squashed yeah that's a good question is mcintyre <laughs> wait explain the beef because actually i've been doing most of the wars with him here lately trying to get him on but you originally would always respond to his stuff and say things to him, and we would well, just play it off as a beef. So is that beef squashed? And tell the listeners why the beef even existed well, in the first place. The beef existed in the first place because it, it all started with the with the bashing of the Pacers trade. And I and I at the time I wasn't super happy with it, but to say it's one of the worst trades possibly yeah. in NBA history. And then he acknowledged, hey, if he if he doesn't sign in LA, then it wasn't such a bad trade. So he kind of backed off of it. But then when they're talking about like the top like five or six guys in the East now that LeBron's gone. 
Oladipo doesn't get a sniff, and he's got some weird guys in front of him. And I just felt like the Pacers were sliding. And so I always kind of had uh, a vendetta. Pers- I mean, I guess you could call it that against McIntyre. And then the Baker Mayfield stuff came out. And I know this isn't a Cleveland Brown podcast, but I had to go out of there. Soon to be. Soon to be. I mean, we're really close now. but And it's just... I, I just didn't agree with it, but I knew that uh, we kept saying we we're going to argue, and we had all this stuff planned, and we had some very argumentative questions ready to go, but um, when I asked the first question, which was, how dare you, he just kind of laughed In my off. head, that played off a lot better, because it's yeah. going to be like, how dare you, and he was just going to be like, how dare I what, and then the response was going to be back, how dare you. No! <laughs> yeah. But, he, but it, it just... He, I, he obviously backtracked it, and if you think about it at the time, I mean, we're diehard Pacer fans, but trading probably a top 15 player in the league at that time for what they got, I mean, I guess, I, I, I mean, I get it, but that's probably why you don't say superfluous things like, uh, this may go down as an all-time just bad let it play out, trade. man. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Like, that's just, that You was always had the Pacers' best interest at heart, and that's that's why you're, you're, that's why you're perfect for the And to hear talking to him before, he says he's not – He's not a Pacers fan fan, but he does he root for them. That was a Pacers For his neighbor, yeah. Right. And I think he was a Knicks fan. Is that what I... Yeah, I believe he's a Knicks fan, yeah. so... so And yeah. he's obviously not going to talk about them, because why would you? Yeah. So, we should... Next time... And it, well, there's going to be a next time with McIntyre. I think he I think he enjoyed it. Yeah. I think he had some good conversation with him, and I would love to see... Because he brings up... the He brought up the fact, like, hey, what free agents are you going to get? And I was pretty realistic, saying, I, I mean, Tobias Harris could be a fit, but now with Miles Turner's probably... So, I mean, I think the fact that we were realistic and not saying, well, we're going to get Kevin Durant, you know, I think he kind of respected that a little bit. So, I totally expect to have him on, so. So, speaking of Victor Oladipo, this is posting on Thursday, as you're listening right now, but he's coming back. We're recording tonight before the Bucks game, so he's coming back tonight. Going to be on a minutes restriction, starting for the Pacers. So, we played well without him, 8-4, and 9-4, and four, whatever it was. What are you guys expecting from Oladipo? You know, his first couple games back, you expect him to come right back out there slinging from the get-go like he was, like he didn't miss a beat, or do you think it's going to take some time for him to gel back in with this Pacers team? He seems like a guy to me that he's just going to go. He's going to he's gonna be smart enough to realize that he doesn't need to be, you know, going after loose balls that hard or something. But I still expect, a, you know, a good effort from him on the court. I'm going to say this in retrospect. I think he has – I'll say 15 and like five tonight or something in, in his limited minutes, and he plays a good role. Uh, maybe we don't pick up the W, but I think that, that gives us enough hope for the next game. Well, I, I think we win tonight. I think it's a big game, um, and it's a big game because Victor Oladipo came back. I I mean, we talked to Denary. Denary, he thought he would get maybe a practice in and play, and that's what happened. It just happened. Wasn't they, he wasn't ready yet. He just wasn't ready, you know, when we had our interview with Denary, and he was honest with us, and uh, – I just think that they let him have his time off, but I don't think there's any uh, coincidence that he's coming back first Milwaukee because we're kind of chasing Milwaukee right now, um, and that's kind of the next tier we got to get to. And I, I just, I'm more interested. Oladipo will be fine. I think now that he's ready to come back, the Pacers wouldn't play him in, unless he was ready. I, I expect him to be between 25 and 30 minutes. I know they said minutes restriction, but I, I think he's okay. I'm more interested to see what happens with the rotation. What do you guys think? And that's think? what I was going to bring and up. I mean, McMillan came out today and said that Aaron Holiday was going to go back to a reduced role. He's probably going to still get minutes, but not near the type of minutes he was getting. Um, said he filled in just fine when Oladipo was out, but he's going to go back to the same rotation. So maybe he won't even play much. So, And then there was also a report Brian Windhorst said that 
teams, executives from other teams are expecting the Pacers to make either Collison or Corey Joseph available because they want Aaron Holiday to get, Holiday to get minutes. So how do you think this shakes out? Because he's got to play somewhere. Even if it's in the G League, he's got to get minutes. Yeah, if no Nick says it, it's, it's got to be the truth. Yeah. I think, yeah, we've been, we've been stands of we're going to trade one of those guys from the beginning, I think. So if that happens, great. As far as the rotation goes, he's a rookie. I don't think it hurts anything. I mean, he definitely played well, but what he, he missed like – And, I mean, let's not take like let's not take it away. We give Collison a lot of crap, but he's played really well. Yeah, like double-digit no yeah, double assists in several games when Oladipo's out. He's had some – he's had some – like at the end of games, you shouldn't have him in there because he screws up. But, like, during the game, he's played well. He's got that show, slow shot release that people make fun of on Twitter. Um, so make sure you pay attention to that, how long it takes him to release the ball. Um, but he's played a lot better. Corey Joseph, I think you have to keep him in the rotation. He's not a guy that's going to go out there and get you 20 points, but he's a he's a smart basketball player. And defensively, he's – I mean, Aaron Holiday stepped up defensively, but he's the best uh, point guard defensively for the Pacers. Yeah. No doubt. You're shaking your head. Well, I, okay, so we don't want the 31-year-old, 10-year veteran in the NBA. We don't want that point guard in the game because he makes bonehead plays. I mean, what are we talking about? This dude should be a leader on the court. He he won't go shoot a layup because he's afraid his shit's going to get whacked. And, which it will. Which it will because on the he, fast break, he's not he's not afraid. He, he gets well, blocked every time. Yeah, that's that, and that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, first off, I think Holiday. The more I look at it, the more I think Holiday is a is a perfect foil for Victor Oladipo going forward because of how he plays defense. But until then, Kojo is probably the best foil for him. In order, it, it, we need a defensive guy that can shoot. Collison. Shot well last year. He's shooting better this year, but like you said, it takes him 17 years to get it off, um, and it that that is what it is. So I completely think we make Collison available, and I don't know how much you're going to get for a guy that's almost 32 um, going in to the last year of his deal. Again, I'm praying a team that needs some veteran leadership. He'll trade him to the Bulls. Just don't get anything back from the Bulls because I don't want any of that cancer. But like, just trade him. Get get a pick. It, heavily protected maybe it turns into a you know late first it turns into a second i don't know just you gotta open up it's more important to get minutes for holiday at this point than it is to just play collison just to be playing him like collison is not that much better than holiday do we agree yeah i would agree and then kojo is just solid i mean it's are we are we all in agreement that it's collison that needs to be traded over yeah yeah if i had to trade one it's collison it's always and is there anybody else like what would be another piece like a thad young maybe which i wouldn't want to get rid of thad but you gotta think no one wants darren collison that tj leaf like no we're not getting anything what would be something to sweeten the pot tj leaf yeah i i don't know i don't know if tj sweetens the pot per se my my problem with trading thad is Miles is not a banger, and we can say what we want about Thad. Thad does all the dirty work, yeah. and I think he he fits w- well with. with but what Turner. if we trade him and Collison for a better Thad? Well, who's a bet? Like who would be available? Like who's a better Thad? Like in your head, who do you think? I can't think of anyone at the top of my head, but just like a guy like that. Well, what would it take to get like a a Tobias Harris who's going in? To, I mean, he's Clippers aren't going to trade him. They're playing well. Well, I mean, let, let's say it's February, and let's say that they're back to where they're probably going to be, which is the bottom part of the playoff. I'll take Montrez Harrell. Well, I'd love to take Montrez yeah, Harrell. I would do that in a heartbeat. So, I mean, I just think, sure, if we can get a better Thad, younger Thad, but Thad does a lot for us that you don't see in the box score, including miss layups. 
but yeah. you do see it. We're not doing an around the association this episode. That's I don't even read. think Hawk has his points. Topics, but but yeah. I'll let you. So we'll do a mini around the yeah, association okay. on this. And so I'll start it off. You go with yours. So last week, since we've last talked with you guys, the Cavaliers made a big trade. Huge. Uh, they sent George Hill to the Bucks, and there was a lot of moving parts. So I might get one of these wrong or miss one. Uh, John Henson and Matthew Della Vadova, aka Delis, he's going back home to the Cavs. And then Sam Decker went to the Wizards. Jason Smith went somewhere. I don't know where he went. I think he went to Milwaukee. Sam Decker's on the Wizards now. Yeah, he yeah, played on the Wizards. Yeah. He got garbage minutes the other yeah, night. Yeah, garbage minutes. He's been on. Really he's been on four or five different teams. In three years. Rockets, Clippers, Cavs, and the Wizards. Wow. Which he got traded to the Bucks first. So there he was with the Bucks, and then he got traded. So he was with the Bucks for a minute. A so what do you guys think about that trade specifically for the Bucks getting George Hill? Um, because Delhi and Henson, those other deals, they're not going to mean so much. So George Hill's just going to be a backup to Bledsoe? Backup, and then I think he can also play two-guard Brogdon, and him this can switch in and out. This needle for me whatsoever. I think uh, Sam Decker's destined to be a Pacer at some point. He's going on all these teams, and <laughs> yeah. he just fits the mold. So that's what I think about that trade. What are they? The mold. He's the kind mold of like the modern day. Uh, he's like the modern day Chase Budinger. <laughs> yeah. Who also fit the mold. Yeah. yeah. I he mean, was a pacer he, there he fit the mold. I mean, but no, I actually, I always just think, you know, John Henson could have, could have been some. I don't know. There's just something there that obviously isn't great, but he could defend and he could rebound. Lengthy, yeah. yeah. And he, he, he should be able to give somebody some minutes off the bench. So. I almost think he's the best player in the deal. I mean, George yeah. Hill is just—he's for all intents and purposes, he's done, um, and it is what it is. So uh, George started off pretty well this year, and then he's just kind of trailed off. And obviously, they wanted to get Colin Sexton as much time as possible, and um, is what it is. So I definitely think that the trade doesn't move the needle for anybody, and I'm sure it probably has—it'll probably have ramifications for the salary cap, but. Um, I'm just a little disappointed that we didn't start this off by you screaming around the association. <laughs> Next time, we can't give them. We can't give it to them every week. They already got McIntyre. It's like a yeah, smother chicken. Yeah. It's yeah. A but on the mini association, I got Greg Popovich moves into fourth all time on the coaches' wins list, uh, passing Pat Riley on Tuesday night. Uh, can you name the three people ahead of him? There's no way you guys can name these guys. Red Arback. Nope. Lenny Wilkins. Lenny Wilkins is one. Yeah, should have got that. Oh, uh, Paul Silas. Nope. <sighs> Uh, Red Arbach. I already nope. said that. One of them oh, was did you? I'm sorry. Uh, for the I'm Jazz forever. Oh, uh, Jerry, Sloan. Jerry Sloan. And Don Nelson. Uh, Don Nelson yeah, I should have got that. I have number one. I was thinking about Don Nelson. Which I don't know is why I thought lie. Paul Silas. I think I get Paul Silas and Lenny Wilkins mixed up. <laughs> I just remember Lenny Wilkins always just sitting on the bench and just like, he just had that face and he was with the mm-hmm. Raptors. And he was just, I felt like Old he was Lenny. Yep. Also, we got Shaq says his 2001 Lakers team would beat the Warriors. So, another interesting topic floating around today. I'm sick of those comparisons. All right, well, here's the lineup. Let's do the Back lineup. and forth. Okay. Shaq and Cousins. Shaq, 100%. Kobe, Clay Thompson. Kobe, 100%. Derek Fisher, Steph Curry. Okay, Steph move Curry. on. And then we got Rick Fox, Kevin Durant. Durant. And then Horace Grant, Draymond Green. Those are the two lineups that would be going against each other. Okay, you got to take Horace Grant, Draymond Green out because double tech within the first five minutes they're fighting. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you got to go to the bench. Um, I don't. I just. It's such a different game. Threes count more than two, so I would probably give it to the Warriors. Just old Fox and I'm just saying. I mean, the, the if you were playing with the older NBA rules where you know the hand checks weren't called as much and you could be physical, and no one stopping. I'll take the Lakers in a heartbeat. But today's 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 rules 
you have to take the Warriors. Kobe just wanting to be out there and just dominating it so much and just Shaq would foul out in two minutes. You think so? Yes. <laughs> and then they would just foul him every time. They'd be like, "All right, we're gonna go down, shoot a three, foul Shaq." They bring off, you know, who's a guy on the end of their bench, Kevin Looney or whatever his name is. They bring off those guys, foul Shaq. I think it's Kevon Looney. Whatever. He'd go one for two, maybe once every couple times, and then they'd just drain a three. So. Yeah, but what you're not talking about is what Jonas Jerepko brings to the table because he is a force <laughs> off the bench. So no, I hate those the things where you just argue. And now and people are asking no right people are asking Durant versus Tracy McGrady. It's like who cares? <laughs> who is asking that? Because I'd rather have it's Durant. been asked. I would rather what's have Durant like, too. It's not even a contest. Let's just start these. I feel like they're not. That yeah, hard let's to just start. sit down and like think about a bunch just of think weird. of them. Like Jason McIntyre versus Kimba. Jason like, McIntyre so versus Skip Bayless. Who wins? Skip never lost. Well, <laughs> never lost. No, uh, McIntyre would never be able to win because you got, in order to win, the other person has to think they lost. Yeah. And Skip has never thought he lost mm-hmm. anything. Is Skip still on the Tim Tebow like train? Tim Tebow will be an all you know MLB guy in a couple of years, is what he thinks probably. I have I have such a hard time bashing Skip because he loves Baker. So I but just some of the shit he says is just. <laughs> Lordy mercy, it's bad. So I, I, I would love just to be able McIntyre. If you want to invite us, we'd probably come to Fox Sports One Studios. We we do, and I just sure. want to just rub shoulders with Skip one time and just, just whisper, his, yeah, just kind of smell him <laughs> and just kind of lean in and just say, "Are you really full of shit?" And then he would probably just give you that look. He'd he's built. Off and flex, he's too. built. Oh. He'd whoop your ass. <laughs> well, and I think his wife. He talks about his wife. What the wife's name's like Ernestine? Ernestine. Ernestine. Bring up his wife on this. Show. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, no, it's just funny just listening to him talk. The thing and... is, if you got blocked by Skip Bayless on Twitter, it would be the biggest achievement because so many people, whenever he tweets something, the replies are the best thing. They're just all talking shit to him. I've never seen a positive tweet to Skip Bayless. So he doesn't even follow anybody on Twitter. He has zero following. <laughs> Everybody follows him, and he just—I think he tweets oh, something and he turns his phone off. Who's the get now? Who do we get? Because I wanted Mac and yeah, listeners, let us know who we want to get blocked by next on Twitter or on the podcast. We're gonna go after them. Well, we got—I mean, we're starting to get to the point now where it's just we're big fish. We're just going for the big fish yeah. now. I mean, we're not going for the little fish anymore. There were times where you know, not to disrespect anybody we've had on, but it was like huge to get just one guy on now it's like we're big fish hunting yeah or fishing we're not we got a lot to offer too i think yeah we have a lot to offer very just nice talk back yeah. and forth some witty witty humor yeah mcintyre and if you've stuck around for this whole podcast and you're listening because i'm sure you are make sure that you uh send us that address to get that headshot <laughs> sent over i got the perfect photo already to pick to <laughs> choose from i'll show it to you guys after we get done recording but you guys any got, got any more nba news you done you wrapped it up yeah, the only there's one thing Kawhi Leonard hates Christmas. So I mean, I, I'm officially I hate. Does Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard. Leonard like life though? I don't think he's Kawhi really, Leonard likes <laughs> much of anything. I don't think he likes much of anything. He can't understand Christmas because he's a robot. That's that's part of the issue. That's true. So that's gonna wrap up this episode, episode thirty of Born Ready to Pod. Once again, thank you very much, Jason McIntyre. Uh, for joining us today and we will be back in his replies to give him some more crap but until then go Pacers hopefully they can pull out this game against the Bucks. big games this weekend they play the Sixers and the Knicks so we'll see how they do we'll catch you guys next week